It's been a uh, a long summer of just <laughs> just you know getting back to uh, coming correct mentally, physically, getting things straightened out in order. Got a lot of big life changes, you know. Uh, you are a married person. Yes, I'm becoming. I'm now uh, fully transitioned. I've emerged from my cocoon. I am now a man. I've I've been gaining weight. I got a little bit of a dad bod, a little bit of a belly now. I've turned 30. And uh, yep, like you said, I got married. The dog's growing up. Jerome's growing up. So we've got some responsibilities, you know. Got to talk about finances and, and, and home ownership. And I'm sure that the listeners, whoever's listening to this episode in particular, is probably falling asleep. I don't want to hear about me talking about taxes or my belly. You ready to get hype, bro? <laughs> I'm hype. I'm hype, man. I'm, I'm hype. I'm this hype is the, too. I'm warmed up. Let's actually, do it. You know, we came in. Oh, great. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah damn i missed that intro a lot i know dude this was the longest summer vacation of my life i know man it do- it did feel like forever i i thought about recording every single day and now we're back we're back finally what's up guys you're listening to the smoothest podcast on the internet the best artists you've never heard of i'm gage b and i am Renz b and we're the Art Pros Podcast. Coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland. We are the baddest artists in the town. I feel like we're, we're, we've been in a time warp. Like if someone is a new listener and they were just going through and they saw this huge jump, like they're going to wonder what happened. Like, did we get arrested? Did we, um, did we not wear our five masks to go into a restaurant and we, you know, the Gestapo got us? Like, what did we do? Why were we gone for so long? Renz, why were we gone for so long? Well, I actually did get arrested and I got arrested by a, a woman. It's called getting married. So now I'm locked up. Locked up. I, I got the old ball and chain now. I, I got an achievement. I got a PlayStation trophy. So I'm a married man now. I'm also 30 years old. So I'm an adult. I can't make so many uh, lewd jokes anymore, but I probably still will. Um, so that's what happened in my life. I had to settle in a little bit. Um, and I got a dog to take care of. He's growing up. So what about you, man? I heard you got into anime. Dude, I got into anime. I was watching a lot of anime. Uh, this <laughs> lockdown has made me extremely toxic. Uh, I actually don't know if anyone who listens is going to believe that either of us could get into anime or get married. We're so, we're so, so toxic, but yeah, dude, I just, you know, (laughs) work gets busy. Um, it's, it's really hard being, uh, being the type of employee I am, which is I put my heart and soul into every moment and I work so hard for the people in case they're listening. Uh, the people that I work for, I work so hard for you guys. I promise. Just like an anime, you're you're pulling right from the script, bud. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, but it's uh, it's been a long summer. It's been hot. A lot of climate change. You know, everyone's like, oh, climate change. And freaking, we got another Delta variant coming out. There's a lot of stuff that's been going down since we weren't recording. And um, I don't have any opinions on any of it. Yeah, that Delta variant, man. Delta. Speaking of Delta, have you uh, seen the news of all of those uh, people getting duct taped to their chairs from <laughs> because they're being belligerent or trying to kick open a window from the airplane? I saw I saw an article about a 13 year old who got taped to a chair because he apparently tried to kick the window out. And this I other dude. <laughs> yeah, I saw three in the past month. It's insane. Dude, I haven't seen anything like that, but it, I think that's what they call the free market. Like, you got on their <laughs> plane, right? They can duct tape it, yeah. you to whatever they want for anything. Yeah. yeah. Hey, must have been in the contract that we, we click through when we buy those tickets. I really think it should say, hey, you know, be cool or you get duct taped. And I think everyone would be cool. Otherwise, they'd get duct taped. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people are just, you know, the thing people say people are getting dumber by the generation maybe it's actually true this time i've always denied that no nah, that just sounds like boomer propaganda we're, we're not getting dumber i i don't think so <laughs> you know it's been it's been a long three months and i've been noticing some new technology gauge have you heard of have you heard of that thing called tiktok have you tried using it before no i haven't tried using it i what about you are you on tiktok <laughs> I'm not really on TikTok, but here's the thing. Uh, I went to San Diego. I got some younger cousins. They're in their 20s, and they love TikTok. They love to use it. I saw all their accounts, and and I tried it out. I tried out making a video, and they got some crazy tools in there. Technology is getting wild, man. They got some nutty editing tools right in the app. You can make all sorts of different videos. They got this thing that voices over the text, whatever text you write down. It's 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 also advanced. I thought I thought Snapchat was cool, you know, making my face look like somebody else's face. I thought that was cutting edge. But they're just taking it to a new level, man. It's it's all advancing at a rate that's kind of expected but but also surprising. Man, I mean, it's a hit. You got this is this is what I noticed about TikTok as a platform is that it's kind of for performers, you know. It's the it's the ideal social media app for for performance artists, I would say. Oh god, really? I I feel like if I were a teenager on TikTok, I would hate if like, you know, what I think of performance artists started getting on there and doing shit. Um now performers <laughs> Like, like, could you Forward. imagine, like, you get on there and Marina Abramovich has got, like, a video of her, like, cutting open, like, a pig and, like, rubbing it all over her body. Like, oh, my God, dude, that's traumatizing. Oh, she'd get millions of views. For sure. I see a lot of old people like us getting on TikTok. I, I've noticed that lately. And it's kind of like, like, I don't think that they get the humor. I don't think I get the humor. The, the youth are too crazy for me. Um, they'll never know what it's like. The struggle. Of having to go to the Apple store in the mall to turn on photo booth, to take pictures of yourself, to send yourself, to post on MySpace. Because uh, it's all just in their fucking hand. They could do it while taking a shit. Yeah, dude. I remember when um, having a video on my Motorola Razor was crazy and asking everybody, how do I get this very, very bad 
potato camera video on my computer so I could show everybody the video of me skateboarding for 15 seconds. Yeah, dude, check out half of this Ollie because right. it, took, it took four <laughs> seconds for my phone to start recording. Yeah, yeah, that type of thing, man. I, you know, I, I miss those Motorola Razor days playing outside in the sun. But now kids are playing outside in the sun and TikToking it. And um, I'm 30 now, so I'm kind of jealous. I want to be in on, on the jokes, on the action. I want to know what all the funny new songs that these kids are applying. Hey, you know, there's a lot of adults that are good at TikTok, too. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's certain things that the adults are allowed to do and not look corny. And those are like, like it's like you can do cooking TikToks. You can do dance TikToks. You can't talk politics over 22. That's what I've seen on TikTok <laughs> because obviously people who've barely had a job know everything about uh, the, the, the socioeconomic system. Um, I, I do see a lot. Of, I mean, TikTok is obviously the most talented group of internet users, I think, from, from what I see. But maybe, maybe that's just the nature of the platform is that it's designed to, to boost talent and skill and not just like, here's a really sexy self-portrait of myself oh yeah it's definitely lends it, it lends a lot of its success to its creation tools it has really powerful creation tools i'm really impressed with the with the app people are some people are doing cool things with it most of it i think is is kind of obnoxious just kind of more or less clickbaity type of videos where it'll have half of a plot and it won't ever it won't ever end it just leaves you hanging. Would you say it's uh, more powerful than Adobe Premiere? I would say it's more accessible. And whether or not accessibility, you know, how, how do you determine the accessibility of something in comparison to how powerful it is? I don't know. Maybe it is more powerful because more people have access to it. Maybe it is. Oh my God. TikTok, the populist film video editing app. It's the Bernie Sanders of, of video editing, where a lot of people <laughs> like him. It's a Donald Trump of video editing. A lot of people like it, and they, they understand it, and that's why they like it. Exactly. Exactly. It's a very good way to introduce yourself to video editing, to dancing. You know, I've never wanted to dance in front of a camera in my life, but this is my opportunity if I ever wanted to dance and, and, and you know... Uh, show off to people, show off some of my moves. I got a little bit of moves. Maybe I will, maybe, you know? I, I like that. I like that that idea. Um, you want to talk about accessibility in art today? Not like, a, you know, diversity, make it accessible, but like like literally making an artwork that is accessible to a large group of people. That's a good topic. Um, I'm seeing a lot of that happening these days. A lot of these apps making themselves more accessible is becoming competition for a lot of professional grade products i i think i don't have the numbers to back it up but i'm talking about uh platforms like canva canva's really big i see it uh it's kind of blowing up a little bit and we just talked about tiktok and i think that's a lot of uh where people's minds are at when it comes to developing things how do we introduce something that everybody can use everybody can interact with and enjoy you know and, and art that's that's one big criticism with a lot of the fine art world you know uh some of it 
can be a little confusing. Some of it could go over your head. Some of it might be too conceptual. Like, uh, uh, let's say Joseph Albert's. Some people might enjoy that type of thing. Or it's just blocks of color. Some people understand it better than others in terms of color theory. You know, I could tell somebody that has not studied in college about this art piece, but if they saw it by themselves, they might not be as interested if they didn't know that. That's one example. Yeah, I mean, there's a accessibility in art. If I had to define it is like a lot of people can look at it, you know, within reason and, and understand it and like get it off rip. And someone like Joseph Albers, who does, you know, blocks of color, really thoughtful color next to each other, can be a little off-putting. It, it was off-putting to me when I first looked at it because it's there's no signifiers there. Like color as a signifier isn't really effective because when you go outside and you touch grass, get off the internet, you see basically every spectrum of color, like like the entire spectrum of color is available to you next to each other, making natural relationships that are it's hard to beat in um in a painting, right? And because of that, it makes inaccessible art so hard to make well. Because, you know, it still has to be likable. And it's hard to like something if you can't define it. True. That's a good point. And, then, you know, there's a place for all of this stuff. We're, but we're talking about accessibility. There's a place for art that is thoughtful. There's a place for art that is intellectual. But if we want to talk about the most accessible art, what do you suppose that would be? Like cakes? cakes yeah i mean the like the great british bake-off is pretty accessible because there's such a high resolution at which people can identify with cakes you know like the cake sculptors you see on for example tiktok first layer of accessibility you can look at it and you can enjoy it and pe there's already a deep history and and this is relevant to all art but with cakes specifically people have a deep history and a personal connection to cake usually some version of cake birthday cake is a big one in american culture but like you know people do cake sculptures so you have like first of all people know what a cake is or is supposed to be second of all when people do cake sculptures or like cake you know cake art they can identify with the way that it looks but it has an advantage over regular abstract art in that they know that underneath you know that weird mirror glaze is a delicious treat and then on top of that there's the flavor, and most people have a concept of what flavor is. So cake, I think you're right, may be the most accessible art form that I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, culinary arts is is an often, uh, it's not usually perceived right side by side with a Van Gogh or something. But why not, you know? I mean, I mean, wedding cakes are expensive as fuck, and they're beautiful. Usually. Yep. Yep. You can make cakes look really impressive. You can make cakes really delicious as well. And for people who have uh, who aren't able to see at all or who aren't able to see very well, you can still taste that. You can still taste this this decadent and and well thought out uh, strawberry shortcake. And, you know. People who can't really hear very well, you don't need to hear a cake. So, I mean, it's all it's all adding up. I think I think cakes are are a good thing to put on the list of accessible mediums, and it's accessible for all the reasons we just outlined. Yeah, and and 
Uh, and I think the cake is a good example because you can say, you can make the argument that a cake is accessible because everyone or most people have a framework through which to understand it. Like, like people can have an opinion about a cake. You can taste a cake and people can say, I don't <laughs> like this cake or I do like this cake. And the cake is very upfront about it. Like if, if you can look at a cake and taste it, you can quickly determine whether or not you like it. Whereas art, you know, doesn't have the advantage of being able to be eaten. A lot of it's really toxic. Like you can't, you can't just shove oil paint in your mouth, Van Gogh. Like that's like not appropriate. I think cake is a great, I mean, you know, most people might think music is the most accessible, but there's a lot of music where people don't have a framework to like it or to dislike it or to have an opinion on it. That's true. That's true. You know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to really dislike music these days. I'm oh, just yeah. playing. I'm just playing the old stuff now. Playing stuff that I used to like. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting kind of a, a little bit of a curmudgeon because the only music that I know these days is uh, the baby. That's the only thing I'm. I'm hearing about. All the music, all new music, is made by the baby. Yeah, and I don't uh, really. Um... I think he's and the one who does let's go, right? <laughs> I think so. And K-pop. My, my little cousins love K-pop a lot. I mean, there's a lot of new music out there. It's just like... There's a lot. There's a the, lot. The thing about cake making is there aren't weird, like, arbitrary social systems around cake making that there are in... That there is in music. Like, like if you tell someone you listen to country, there's, like, an opinion as to what type of person you are for listening to country or like there's musicians who make content that's not um that people don't agree with or like dad baby for example like you could like his music but then it's like he just said all that homophobic shit at Lollapalooza so like now you have to have an opinion about him as a person whereas like unless like a a, a cakerist uh a baker is you know known for like roof like bill cosbying shit um there's not really like a lot of things that you can get caught up having to think about with a cake besides for that and that may be because you know cakerists are not as famous as um like billy mays or something but it's still important to think about the cake genre as a whole like there's you're not gonna find like oh people who like these types of cakes usually members of the alt right People who like these types of cakes, yeah, they hate gays. Like, they're not going to, you're not going to have to worry about that. And that happens in <laughs> art, too. Like, music and art have that same issue where uh, because there's, it seems like in our current social system, there's a need for art to have a relationship to, like, the world as a whole. You run into that issue a lot more. I mean, I could see myself judging a cake. What if a cake... What if some a racist person gave you a really nice cake, like, like the most ornate and beautiful cake? Would you think that cake tastes good? Like, would you, would you, would you not judge that cake? Like a I think really, I could still really enjoy the horrible, cake. horribly racist person. Oh yeah, I mean, I could definitely still enjoy the cake. But then again, like I like Kodak Black, and like I listen to shit that from people that I think are bad people and I, I watch shit that I think are from bad people whose ideas I disagree with, but I like it. Um, Fair. I like the stuff and I participate with it. And some people don't 
don't adopt that idea. But if someone's making a fucking bomb ass cake, I mean, okay, if Mark Wahlberg came to me with a cake, I might not tell people I like it, but I might <laughs> eat it. I might be like, yeah, it's a pr pretty fire cake, bro. Like, I'm not, like, I wouldn't, I might not even compliment him on it. But if it was a really good cake, and I like cake, if it was a really good cake and there was another one, I might eat that one too. <laughs> You're just picking the worst person with the best baking <laughs> skill, you know? No, I mean, obviously for optics, I wouldn't accept any gifts from him. Mark Wahlberg. Um, because what would he be paying me off for, right? To to say this on this podcast? I mean, come on. I mean, we all know that he's just compensating for his lack of success in the art world in the first place. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is a bad that, guy. That Great might be baker. the catalyst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about... Right now, we're talking about separating the art from the artist. You know, I, I that's a big topic of, uh, of debate. Can you do it? Should you do it? Um... Does that get in the way of you accessing this this work? You know, if if you were to see a painting which which Mark Wahlberg did paint, if you were to see a painting without knowing whose it was, you'd be able to enjoy it a little bit differently. Oh yeah, I mean, so there's like a couple of concerns with the separating the art from the artist, and the main one that people have is like the ethical concern, which is oh, if you consume this art, then you're helping them profit, thereby you are complacent in this system. You know, and that's a pretty valid one. But the thing is, is that we let the government take away all our tools to steal from them. Like if I had Pirate Bay, I could, or like LimeWire or something, I could, uh, well, it's not just the government. I mean, like every major tech company is also trying to protect intellectual property, whatever. But I could steal that shit and they wouldn't profit a dime. In fact, I would be taking from them. And then if you keep it to yourself, like, like let's use the example of uh, there's that, that death metal band where the guy killed the guy on whatever, lead singer, murderer, probably rapist. Uh, you know, I'll throw a Nazi in there too. He's from some part of Europe. If I could lime wire that stuff, listen to it, if I liked it, listen to it, never tell anyone in the world that I did it then I think the ethical concern of you're your helping these people profit is completely irrelevant, right? Hmm. So there is a way to consume things made by terrible people without helping them profit if you're, if you're looking at it like that. If you want to consume it. If you really want to consume it. Because I also think it's unethical for other people to tell you what you can and can't consume as long as you're consuming it nonviolently, right? Like I don't want to cons I don't want people to think that I'm advocating for consuming children. Uh but like music, a Bill Cosby stand-up special, um you know, don't promote him, but steal it, enjoy it, and then fuck off. <laughs> you don't have to tell anybody, I guess. I mean, you don't have to promote it. I don't know. So what about visual arts though? This is the real the real tricky thing to 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 outline is what type of visual arts may be the most accessible to me the first thing that comes to mind is just illustrations stuff that you see in magazines or or newspaper articles or the internet uh, i think illustrations and and stuff like that might be a good 
uh, thing to consider too. I think anything that makes it to the front page of Reddit is the lowest common denominator version of that thing and thereby the most accessible. If you can put it on a tote bag. <laughs> it's accessible. Yeah, because everyone's going to see that. Or like if you make a sticker that someone puts on their car. Yeah, it's pretty accessible. Yeah, I would agree. Illustrations are like, um, that's the easiest one. For those of you who don't have like a full grasp of what the breadth of illustration is, it's just drawing to explain an idea or present something. Um, and there's like a distinction between art and illustration in the art world because illustration doesn't necessarily need to have like a a reason. It can just be like a drawing of a leaf. And, and typically it's more do like, like the history of illustration is documentary. So like, uh, you know, medical illustrations, um, we, before we had cameras, we had to draw what plants looked like so that people could explain to others like, Hey, this is a plant that's poisonous and this isn't, or like there's, or like cave paintings, there's animals mm -hmm. here that you can eat. At least that's the, that's the concept that we have now. Obviously I'm not a fucking historian or a cave painter yet um <laughs> you know but illustration is awesome i mean like like right now the like contemporary illustration is is so broad and i think that like young people especially kids who have access to like tablets and stuff or like pencil and paper it's like the easiest thing to get into it's like all right i'm gonna try and draw this thing and it's either you draw it or you don't. And there doesn't need to be a purpose. Like, oh, I want to, in, in school, if you're learning art, they like teach you how to draw anatomy. And that's really more illustration than like an artwork. Damn, I wish my studio was a cave. Right? That'd be tight. You can make a big mess if you want, and then you can clean it up, chip away the rock around you if it's like stuck to it. You know, you get yeah. some shit on the floor. Yeah, man. Yeah. That sounds like a... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a cave painter. I'm a cave painter. Yeah, some people <laughs> like to call us muralists, but there's a very clear distinction between me and someone who does a painting on architecture. See, I work with with natural formations, the architecture <laughs> of God, you might say. Mm. <laughs> Man, that's powerful stuff. What do you so um what what do you think makes illustrations so accessible, friends? They're fun. They're fun to look at. <laughs> They're easy to look at. They're easy to understand. Illustrations are, when people say pictures are worth a thousand words, illustrations would be the summary of a thousand words. I mean, it could be. It's like, it's like when you look at the back of a book and read what the whole book's about. That's kind of like what an illustration is for the visual art world. I mean... They're meant to convey illustrations are, are useful for articles and stuff like that because it's meant to to explain what's in writing. But but with a picture, right, you you're supposed to be primed and ready to read this article um, if you if you take the time to enjoy the illustration that that goes with the article. Illustrations usually are descriptions of something like you were saying. So like a logo, your logo would describe what you do. So if I were a painter, maybe my logo, my illustrative uh, element to my practice would be a paintbrush or something or, or, or something that relates to what I do. 
Uh, same thing goes with anything else that you want to illustrate about. I think illustrations are are always going to be about something and um, always help to describe something further. Contrast that, compare that to like fine art. A lot of the time you'll find fine art that, you know, you could argue that, hey, fine art also describes things. But a lot of it is is different concepts. When you apply the word fine to something, there's there's always an element of, of, I guess, polish that is expected from it. A little bit of a high browness. That's why it's fine, you know. Um, the difference between fine dining and fast food. That's why it has its own name. So, I don't, you know, fine art isn't... Nobody's going to tell you that fine art is, is exactly accessible. But there is some that can be, you know. I think that's what makes... makes great fine art good is is its element of accessibility so illustration is an art but it's not a always a fine art you know no but i think that lends its its power to those who are really good at illustration right because like the cake most people now have i would say everybody every person who has the capability to do so has drawn tried to draw something in their life like whether it's in kindergarten or like you know for fun because drawing is fun and people can identify with the skill of an illustrator because they have some sort of framework as to the difficulty of it and to what it's supposed to look like and like what the craft is like because illustration is mainly drawing like whether you're drawing with a pencil or a paintbrush or like with clay like it's still like under the framework of of a drawing of, of mark making um like i would argue that most paintings are illustrations uh plus something else you know they're smart they make you smart they're supposed to, i feel like a lot of uh art um wants to be smart yeah definitely definitely it's fine art it, fine art it, it's kind of like um I think if you like just as an aside, if you wanted to make a distinction between like like within like amongst artists in the art world, when they're making a distinction between fine art and like other forms of art, it usually sounds to me the same way as like the distinction between like a formal intellectual philosopher and a guy who's just lived life and has thoughts. Where it's like they both could even say the same thing, but the presentation is different, right? Like the guy who's just lived life and has thoughts will just tell you something with some anecdotal evidence. Oh, yeah, you know, sometimes it's the people, people closest to you that hurt you the most. And then a philosopher could say the same thing, but, you know, they need a fucking four-page essay to explain that, to explain why. And it's kind of what makes fine art to me inaccessible is that idea that, like, artists and art is constantly trying to like fine art is constantly trying to validate itself within the artwork you know what i mean like like when you make a painting and you're a fine artist you got to make it good like you feel the need to make it good otherwise the idea is irrelevant too it, it needs to be it's like self-referential right do i sound yeah. like a fucking uh douche <laughs> <laughs> You sound like you studied fine art in school. Yeah, maybe way too long. I should have just taken like one class and then graduated. <laughs> graduated after one class. Yeah. You st yourself graduating yourself, aka dropping out. 
I would have paid them the same amount. I just think like, like ultimately, if you look at successful art outside of cinema and like music, it's typically people who don't think all all too much about about their art. Like they may think Maybe. a lot, but the their art doesn't look like they think about it all the time. You know what I mean? Like they're spending their whole time thinking about it. It looks like they come up with an idea and then they execute it successfully. And it's like, like I'm talking like knockout successes, like, like, um, like Jeff Koons. He's a great example. We talk about him all the time. He's like, I'm going to make big balloon animals. And while those things may have a lot of reasoning behind them, he doesn't think all too much about, he doesn't need to think all too much about the balloon animal. No, yeah, you're right about that. And with all the the hate that Jeff has garnered over the years from his artistic and, and production practices, I can admire that element of, of his work. It is I would consider his work accessible because it is so straightforward and goofy and silly and, and easy to as easy to like as it is to dislike. For sure. And that's like, super accessible. If you can dislike something as easy as you can like it, I mean, that's a success. And um, I think fine art lo- kind of lost its way in accessibility because, like, I-, I draw a comparison between like fine art and um, a- like a greeting card, right? Where like like <laughs> art is supposed to be about communication. Greeting cards are about communication. Yeah, you don't go to a Hallmark store and see a bunch of greeting cards that are like these fucking abstract like things with no words and you know, it normally it's it's an illustration, something simple like a cute dog on the front and then it says I'd like to give you my bone on the inside. And you buy <laughs> that cuz you're like, yeah, this is something that communicates what I want to say and it does it quickly. Uh, whereas fine art could say the same thing. Like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of artists make art that's just you know about very little, but they spend all this time trying to communicate that idea, you know, to to up the value basically. But it makes it inaccessible. You're, you're a gambling man. You want to gamble on a business proposition? Why don't we make some fine art greeting cards that are really confusing and 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 big brain, only for special minds to appreciate. <laughs> One could just be um, like literally a severed ear, you know, Here's yeah. your greeting card. Hey, I got you this for your birthday. There's a couple of dollars stuffed inside of the ear. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're just like bleeding out. See, but the cool thing about cards is and why we should do exactly what you're saying. Fine art cards is because they're self-explanatory. Like you could give someone a card and usually like like, you know, a traditional greeting card and usually you wouldn't need to qualify it by saying happy birthday to give it you could just give it to them and it says happy birthday in there you know it executes the idea pretty pretty well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. how do you make a fine art greeting card though i like you just give idea. them you just give them a piece of your art you could do like a big painting and then stuff it in an envelope and give that to them mm-hmm you could you could sculpt a rocket, or a, like what about a rocket? a really huge greeting card? That's 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 fine. I feel you know? like if you made a really big greeting card as an art piece, it would no longer be a good greeting card. Um, 
Well, it could be if you invite the person that you want to give the greeting card to to your show. Oh, yeah, and then it has their name at the bottom. It says, like, yeah. love you, uh, Jerome. Yeah. Damn, that would be a really, really boss greeting card, too. For Sorry sure. for your loss. <laughs> Sorry for your loss, and it's just, like, the size of a fucking room. Invite them to your show. <laughs> Sorry for your loss. That's what you name the show, but you make it a specific greeting card to someone. Like the whole show is yeah. a greeting card. Damn, that's a good show. It's got like pictures of how the person died and like a diagram, and, oh and an artist God. statement. Yeah, yeah, a documentary. See, that's, that's like, oh man, that's such a fine art thing to do. Although it's probably not a great idea because no one's done it yet, and I feel like every good idea people have done. I don't no, know. No, it is a good idea. We're geniuses. <laughs> I would be I would be tickled if I saw that in a in a museum. A giant greeting card that says sorry for your loss and a real like a legitimate note, handwritten, heartfelt note inside. Yeah, that would be pretty epic. And then you could sell prints of it that are just like a regular greeting card. Damn. Derivative. Yeah, derivative. Exactly. I mean, okay, I think it must be a good idea because we're the guys who came up with Neil deGrasse Tyson chicken nuggets. Um, <laughs> we're shaped like space, so basically yeah. they're just circles. They're, <laughs> they're shaped like planets. <laughs> so, um, uh, accessibility, it doesn't matter? Does it matter if something's accessible? Oh, yeah, it matters big time. Imagine just make I, I think I think that's what separates what people can describe as good art uh, versus what people can describe as bad art. When people oftentimes um, somebody who is uh, has not studied art before. Sees a piece of art, confuses them. They don't get it. That's what turns a lot of people off from art because they don't get it. That means it's just not accessible, plain and simple. So. That means that a lot of the art that is good, quote unquote, and successful in terms of likability um, and enjoyment factor has to be it has to be accessible. It really does. You got you got to be able to enjoy it no matter who you are, where you come from, like like art that crosses language barriers like the minions. Yes. Yes. That's a perfect example is the minions. For yeah, all minions, they don't speak a language that anybody knows, and they're kind of like the Three Stooges in, in why they're they're lovable and and silly. Except they're like you know, it's like the Three Stooges for kids. Um, and that's that's as simple as it gets. You know, simple is good when it comes to accessible art. It has to be recognizable. People got to be able to relate to it in some way. And I get this vibe that like. Really successful, inaccessible art like uh, Cy Twombly only becomes famous. Like Cy Twombly does scribbles, right? Like really clean. His presentation is good, but there's scribbles, you know, color theory, drawing, whatever. For those of you who don't know who Cy Twombly is. But ultimately, I feel like he only got popular because wealthy people who had a framework to appreciate abstract art wanted to up his value. And... We're like, yeah, we're going to say that this is good, so this abstract art is good. And obviously, there's like a history of abstract art, but like if you were to bring someone who doesn't engage with art at all and hasn't their entire life, like maybe they work on motorcycles, like that's something that they like. And you bring them to a gallery with a Cy Twombly piece and you put it next to like your your regular run of the mill, like 
attempt at photorealism, there's a chance that there, there's a pretty good chance. Like I would, I'm a gambling man. I would bet that they would prefer the one that's closer to realism as long as it's presented well. Um, you know, sharp edges and like a good painting, good drawing. Sure. Because they don't have a framework to to appreciate that. So like Sai Tuanli's inaccessible, but he transcended accessibility probably by because of luck. And that's like like for those of you who are artists, like that's gonna be the most difficult thing about making an accessible art is like you you're gonna need to get lucky to get in front of people who understand it. Yeah. Well, you know, like it's it's tough. Like it, you need to be exceptional to make something that's inaccessible. I, I've I myself have made a bunch of artwork that's inaccessible and it doesn't fucking it doesn't hit with people. This sucks more than anything that I've ever sucked before. Um, and I make other works that are more accessible. They draw from things that are common in culture and, and it does hit with people. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, there's an argument for painter Cy Twombly who who paints scribbles and like you know basically just chunks of paint smeared around to say like okay maybe there is something in in the human eye that can detect something that is aesthetically pleasing like this just visually looks pretty good but the other side of that coin is that it's just scribbles and people might feel like they can physically, I can scribble on a canvas too. Yeah, but you may not be able to make it as visually, quote unquote, fine and informed. This is me with my uh, curator hat on, my art historian hat on, as informed as, as Mr. Twombly would be able to make to add to what you said about comparing it to a a very high skill portrait i also agree i agree that if you compare the two things i think that most people would look at the the high skill portrait because and and enjoy it a little bit more be more impressed about it because they think that it's harder to do but it's really subjective you know being a successful painter that does uh, in the style of what Sai Twombly does sounds to me just as difficult but that's because i know from experience that making something like that isn't easy either they just just think about it in theory you know how it how hard it would be to make successful fine art that a two-year-old could physically do yeah and i think i think what you're saying and i totally agree um really draws attention to why uh, fine art can seem to other people who aren't like engaged with it whether they make it or whether they appreciate it like can seem up its own ass because like think about like you have to understand the difficulty of doing it to appreciate it someone doesn't need to understand the difficulty of of making a table to appreciate like a nice table you know mm -hmm. but like you like to appreciate Cy Twombly you need to understand the difficulty of making like a compelling thing. And I, I do believe that there are people who like with no engagement with the art world who look at a side Twombly and they're like, you know what? I like that. I can't explain why. But in that in that uh, hypothetical where you're comparing it to a photorealistic portrait, again, I still think like unless you have an engagement with with art in some way in your head or something like people are going to identify more with the hyperrealistic portrait. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to be like, oh, like, am I, 
and they can also describe if they don't like the hyper-realistic portrait, it's still more accessible, even if they like the Cy Twombly more, because they can, it'll be easier to explain why they don't like the hyper-realistic portrait beyond like, oh, my two-year-old could do that. Yeah. Maybe like, oh, like the subject matter is kind of lame to me in the Cy Twombly. Like, I, I, I just like how it looks. You know, the, the hyper-realistic portrait is of a, a MAGA supporter, and I just don't like that. Um, you know, like maybe I've lost the lead here, but it, th these are just thoughts, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, is our topic of accessibility. Um, sometimes, sometimes you can make something that looks so, that may look as so trivial to somebody that they end up hating fine art because it just seems so pointless, pretentious, whatever negative connotation you can apply to something that looks like a child can make it or that looks like it's so uh, devoid of clear cut information that it's just so, so conceptual that it just frustrates people like, like, I don't know if you if if you have an art piece where you just gather 15 sticks and you lean it up against the wall, that might make something mad, somebody mad. But to the artist, let's say this artist who who just props up 15 sticks to the wall has a deep meaning about it. Like, oh, these 15 sticks represent the 15 nations who have been ostracized by this 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 so-and-so whatever whatever you know there's a story behind it i mean that makes people angry when they can't enjoy something it makes people feel like they're wasting they're wasting their time looking at something and that, that, that gives them a bad taste in their mouth when they think about fine art and you know maybe maybe that's just that's just what fine art is maybe fine art isn't exactly supposed to be accessible you know i guess i mean um yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying. There's a, uh, and you you bring up another good point, which is inaccessibility, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the intent, right? Like someone would look at that, and even if they're like, you know, I like the way that those sticks are arranged, but why would you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's something that like as an artist, like like I have to catch myself and think about is like, okay, like this thing looks cool or like i want to do it but like why am i doing it and it, it i feel like that's kind of what like lends itself to uh why people think artists are insane is because artists are constantly doing shit that's like like why but why like why would you do that and and whether or not it's better or worse painting a cool picture that uh that process like at least people can identify with with that desire because they've all done it. They've all wanted to make something look good, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, so they wanted to they wanted to do something and make it look look uh accurate or look good to them. Even something like like uh, Cy Twombly. They might find Cy Twombly more accessible than the sticks leaned against the wall. Like why would you lean those sticks against the wall? I mean, they'd have to be some really cool fucking sticks for me personally. Yeah, like nice and polished and shaved and and uh i don't know <laughs> symmetrical. Like thought about, yeah, yeah thought about 
what like yeah. whatever you do it needs to be thought about um or not but so not thought about you clearly thought about not thinking about it you know just think about that <laughs> man so i mean the, the good news here is people have options you have options to interact with art however they'd like maybe you only like cake Maybe you're so fed up with fine art because you, you don't have to get it. You don't have to go to museums and, and like force yourself to enjoy conceptual art. It's not for everybody. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I think I personally think that some effort needs to be put into making art at least intellectually accessible to your viewers or if you, I don't know. Maybe you specifically don't want it to. I don't know why you would want to do that. But you, at the end of the day, you're making art for people to engage with. You know, you're, you, you, can, you can make art just to keep it for yourself. But that's a whole nother can of worms. You know, does that make you an artist? I think, um, um, I think like, so like one reason I, I could bring up is like target audience. Right. Like if you wanted to shift the ideas of a tar of a specific group of people, like, for example, you know, I'm a hardcore uh, Filipino nationalist. I believe that the Philippines should work on uplifting itself and divorcing itself from from the global market. You might make art that's really only identifiable to people in the Philippines uh, about things that are of consequence to them. And that's like mm -hmm. an example of why you wouldn't want to do that. But we are the we are the paid artists. We are here to help you get paid. And I can promise you, the more people who can identify with your art, the more likely it is to get sold. That's just like, I mean, that's common knowledge. Like there's a reason why uh, most corporations are constantly, and those are very, I bring up corporations because they make a lot of money and they're good at it. Uh, aside from their underhanded business schemes, one of the ways that they ensure they make a lot of money is they make their stuff as accessible to as many people as possible. That's why corporations are cons are consistently, usually pretty PG because of our uh, Protestant roots. You know, the, the family unit doesn't like certain language or something. Like, could you imagine if like Coke put out an ad where they're just throwing out the N word? Like, if they thought that would make them money, I think that they would do it, but it won't. So they don't. Like yeah, because corporations Coke. aren't people. <laughs> Coke, Coke Coke's not gonna come out with a a new bottle that says "butthole" on it in Coke font, you know. Yeah, even though that might be entertaining to a target audience, like that might get me to buy it. Ultimately, their goal is to sell it to as many people as possible and generate profits, which is what we're here to do today. So yeah, you know, I do think picking a target audience, if you have some ulterior motive besides for getting paid, is super effective you know make that butthole coke bottle but if you want to make money yeah. do illustrations of flowers <laughs> i got a good idea for a extreme filipino nationalist uh, art piece installation here's the idea you gotta make a uh, get an extreme amount of spam cans like a lot <laughs> enough enough to build like uh, a barrier around like like a whole wall a big square kind of like like a fort you know and in the center nobody can see past this these these four walls of spam you build four walls to enclose um a roast baby pig in the center so you could smell so the pig good. in the middle like getting roasted but you can't see it 
past the walls of spam. What do you think Damn, about that's, that? That's deep, dude, because spam is kind of like this uh, commercial bastardization of, uh-huh. of a pig product. Whereas like the yeah. roast pig, like that's like our deep uh, Filipino connection to our, our cuisine, our culture. Yeah. You know? It's so that's mm-hmm. really deep, bro. But and could and the you more sell that? Spam, yeah, because <laughs> if you want to see the roast pork, you gotta buy the spam and you pull it from the oh, shelf. Oh yeah. And it's 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 time sensitive because if you can get through the spam, then you can eat the pork. So you gotta convince <laughs> all your friends to buy the spam too. Yeah, you can only see the pork if you buy the spam and take it. Damn, that's got layers like an onion. Literally. <laughs> and the big joke is the pork in the middle is actually not a pig. It's it's a sculpted block of spam shaped like a pig. Oh, because you're really subverting <laughs> extreme Filipino nationalism and saying no matter what you're doing, you're still eating the spam. Wow. Damn, dude, you just blew my mind. We don't even need to make that sculpture anymore. We can just put out this podcast. Yes, I want to see someone make that. Maybe we can uh, get Francois to 3D model it. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely like uh, pre-made spam assets online that you could just like download. Probably Damn. pre-made roast pig asset too. Damn, so, yeah, you're going to get a that. lot of... Cost- yeah, to- so many cultures are going to go see that show. Koreans, Hawaiians, people from Guam. <laughs> I want, what's the largest block of spam? Oh, ever made? Yeah. If it's bigger than a pig, I'm disgusted with the human race. <laughs> it's possible, too. It's possible to do that. I know it is. You just, you just need to make a mold. Make a big mold because spam in itself is, um, you know, just a mixture, right? It's molded yeah. into that shape in the first place. It's just the inside of hot dogs with a little bit of spit to hold it all together. Fuck, god damn, I love spam. Well, I'm glad that we're we're laying out how uh, accessibility can be profitable even though we didn't lay that out at all, but I think I I like <laughs> I like to give our listeners the benefit of the doubt that they could understand why more people, a wider net catches more fish. Uh why more people liking their art would lead to a higher possibility of more sales. Um you know, Kim Kardashian probably could sell art better than me, even though, you know, I would clap Kim Kardashian in an art contest. Oh, oh, for sure. So Kim can sell a bottle of air. Yeah, for sure. Or like a uh, bath water. Yeah, or like a can of dirt. Or um, nothing. She could probably just say, hey, I'll sell you nothing for a dollar and someone would buy it. Because yeah. she cast out such a wide net with her millions of followers that someone would find that a novel enough idea to spend the money on it. So you're saying Kim is selling NFTs? Yeah, she's selling NFTs. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of making Ooh. money, I we've got a lot of we got a couple of good ideas in the in our Discord in the inventions, ideas, and money makers. I want to run through a couple of those. We brought up Neil oh, deGrasse yeah. Tyson chicken nuggets before. They're shaped like planets, which is basically just circles. <laughs> and one star nugget. Yeah. The North Star. Yeah. So this is one that I really like. This is actually by you in the Discord. It's called Oily Fans. 
a platform for pictures of men eating pizza and we distribute nfts yeah oily fans <laughs> for gre- greasy men to show off their greasy dad bods Ooh, this one's good the maga zine the world's most racist magazine <laughs> man from uh from charles in the discord universal blood initiative andrew yang's plan to use crispr on people's genes so that we all produce o negative blood oh man that doesn't sound like a good idea from francois in the discord papal it's like paypal but you can only send money to the pope uh opal p-a-p-a-l yeah Ooh, what about Paw Paul? Where it's you can only send money to your dad. There you go. Yeah. Didn't need to ask you for it anymore. Yeah, you can just you can just send it to him. Uh what about the jig economy? It's uh several competing apps that allow Francois to hire uh fresh immigrants to come dance for him so as to entertain him while he waits for his Uber. <laughs> the jig economy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like these, man. Yeah, some of these are pretty good. The jig economy's got some, uh, you know, it's pretty based. Some people might not <laughs> like that one, but I, I like, I like the the general idea. I don't know if we need to limit it just to immigrants. It could just be anyone who needs some money that can come dance for you while you wait for your Uber. Yeah, the, let's make it more accessible. Exactly, more accessibility. You get you get more people willing to do the jigs. Um, you get more money in your pocket, and what we can That's do is basically. We can just, Dude, that's TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah. But I like it. I like that it's real. I like the idea that we could uh, create a platform where people could demonstrate, like, like this would be the jig economy, and and the apps that would come from that would be basically like uh, sort of gamifying street performers, right? Where it's like, like, <laughs> like you know, the statue guy, like the bronze statue guy, who paints himself bronze and sits really still. Like, what if you want that guy to come? entertain you while you're waiting for your uber Ooh. or or like a hula hooper you could pay them to come entertain you while you're doing your uber, like while you're waiting for your uber i got one that's cooking i only have the name this is how i usually start these things something like airbnb and b or air cnc or something where uh i don't know you hire someone to operate or make you a cad program or or airbnb and b what does that even stand for Air, bed, and breakfast, and basketball, where we only you can only rent houses that have basketball hoops. Whoa! You or know. basketball players' houses. Oh, that's a good one, too. I mean, that's a pretty niche market, but like, there's I think there's enough people who like the NBA who would actually consider doing that. Yeah, you rent out their huge house while they're playing, and you get to watch them play in their house. I mean, it's a huge house. <laughs> Or what if we don't let it to just the NBA? It's like just anyone who plays basketball. You can just rent. You can only rent their houses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They can rent my house. I play sometimes. Um, <laughs> I wanted you to explain this one to me from the Discord. Xbox Dos Equis. <laughs> um, I was making a play on words for Xbox. Uh, Xbox One. So this is the one after Xbox One. So it's xbox 2 but it's dos equis i don't know i just thought it sounded funny 
Oh, it's it's so what it is is it, is it has like a breathalyzer and you can only play it if you're if you're like a certain level of drunk. <laughs> yeah. And you, so you have like them that. play multiplayer on like a in uh, on a closed system so that people who like to drink and play video games don't need to play against like children who are really good at video games. Like you can just play with other drunk assholes. Yeah. Cuz I mean, yeah. I think Xbox, there's something there. They they like to name the product like you know, you got Xbox One X, Xbox One. So why not Xbox Dos Equis? For Yeah, I, I mean know. that's more accessible. There's a lot of people who speak Spanish. Yeah, it's branded maybe. Yeah. You got the most interesting man in the world, like drunk as fuck playing Xbox. Playing <laughs> yeah, you, you could be playing Halo while drunk. Oh, okay, I got it. The best cross promotion. We have the Xbox Dos Equis commercial with uh, the the world's most interesting man in the world uh, playing it drunk, drinking Dos Equis in an Airbnb and B, LeBron James yeah. Airbnb and B. And he's playing, playing 2K. Oh, he's, yeah, he's playing 2K. Exactly. That's that's what I was missing in that. Um, yeah, dude, fucking cross promotion. Let's get all the corporations to work together. There you go. <laughs> That's how you make money, man. Yeah. That's um, marketable. So I think we've about hit our hour, man. Uh, this is oh, a yeah. fun episode. We went a little bit ahead. We're about 15 minutes ahead, I think, according to, to Craig's time stamp. I hope that everybody did enjoy listening to us. We're back again. I hope that uh, people learned something about making things more accessible. Hopefully get rich off that, those ideas. So where can, where can people find us, Renz? If you would like to listen to more of our episodes, you could listen to the Art Pros Podcast on all major streaming platforms. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Need I Go On. If you would like to see a little bit more content from us, we have a website, www.artprospodcast.com. You could also listen to our podcast there if you like. And uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash artprospodcast. And we have an Instagram as well, at paid.artists. So if, if you if you want to support us, you can support us through any of those channels. But if you really, really love us and uh, you want to incentivize us not to take long vacations, you should go uh, join a $50 <laughs> tier on Patreon. We, we, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, it makes it more fun for us to get get paid if if somebody donates fifty dollars uh i will start a tiktoking and we'll tiktok whatever you want i'll do a tiktok dance all right we love you guys peace, peace.